Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to entangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Heart of Dating podcast. I'm your host, Kate Warman. Hey, guys. So this week, we're actually going into a very sensitive topic. And I actually waited to release this episode and record it with JJ because I really wanted to pray about it, process it, and be as thoughtful as possible before we told our story in this specific topic and shared it with you guys. And so today we're talking about dating with depression. And within this, I reveal how I actually went into depression in the early stages of JJ and I's relationship. So soon after JJ moved to to LA, I actually began to go through a season that was very unexplainable for to me at the time. I started feeling completely burnt out and that led to feelings of depression, which continued for multiple months. And this was a really rough time in our relationship. And um, I just want you to know today, if you're listening, if you've been through depression in dating, or if you are going through depression right now, that you are not alone. And I really hope that this episode brings some sort of comfort to you, some hope and removes any shame you might feel like you have because you have gone through or are going through this. Um, Even the most quote unquote put together person can and often does go through depression. So many people do. And so I just wanted to start off by saying that I'm so grateful for my man, JJ, for how he showed up in that time in our relationship, how he did not enmesh himself with me through what I was going through. And today we talk about how hard that was for us. We also talked about how we got through it together. I talked about what helped me. And we also answer questions like, should you date with depression? How do you know that you should? Um, How do you bring that up to your partner if you find yourself in depression? And so this is a really sensitive topic, but I really hope that you feel encouraged. With that being said, it is still Mental Health Awareness Month in the month of May, and I just want to direct you to one of my favorite resources. We've worked with them for years now, but we love our friends at Faithful Counseling, okay? They offer incredible Christian counseling, and I'm just all about it, especially in this month, because 
We need help a lot of times. Most people need therapy of some kind, even if you grew up with a relatively quote unquote healthy childhood. So many of us need somebody to process things with. And um, so I want to encourage you to check out Faithful Counseling. You can go to faithfulcounseling.com forward slash heart of dating. You can get 10% off your first month. Faithful Counseling is completely virtual therapy and you do it in the comfort of your home. You can fill out a form and you'll get contacted very quickly by somebody from their team. You'll be set up with a therapist and you can start working with them either via phone, via video, via text. There's so many different ways you can actually speak with your therapist and it's affordable. It's more affordable than most therapy services. And I love it. It's been such a great resource for people in our community. I know there's like hundreds of you guys that actually use faithful counseling. So if you've never tried therapy before, if you have been interested, but you found it to be too expensive, if you want a very specific Christian therapist, then go check out Faithful Counseling. Just give it a try. You can go to faithfulcounseling.com slash heart of dating. Okay, guys, let's get into this really sensitive, but I think beautiful topic for today, dating with depression. Hey, my honey. Hello. We're back today and I feel more like subdued because we're talking about a really sensitive topic. <laughs> yeah, you really set the tone. Oh, yes, I did. Really nicely. Mm-hmm, Welcome to Heart of Dating Podcast, everybody. <laughs> the subdued. Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast <laughs> today. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and... I'm JJ Tomlin. <laughs> Okay, maybe we won't. Maybe we won't do that. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, but you guys, today we're talking about dating with depression. And I revealed this briefly at the beginning of announcing that JJ and I were together. And you guys have asked me so many questions. And I just really wanted to be thoughtful with the episode and do it at the right time. And we felt like now was the right time. And I want to lead and preface by saying we don't have all the answers to this. Uh, It is a very nuanced conversation. It is a very difficult conversation, a very difficult thing that a lot of people go through. And so it worked for us, the things we're going to share. And, you know, the way it worked for me, which I'll get into is that I was, I found myself falling into depression while JJ and I were already dating, which was a unique scenario. And so um, we did work through that. Uh, and we didn't separate, but this is not prescriptive. You know, nothing that we really do on the podcast or say on the podcast is prescriptive, but we hope it helps you, guides you, makes you feel more seen and know that you're not alone and know that you don't have anything to be ashamed of. Um, and then something I also want to say starting off is that it is really important to know that even leaders go through depression. Even leaders have anxiety, they go through depression. And it's hard for me to talk about this and admit it and talk about the ins and outs of what happened for us. But I know leading in vulnerability and being honest is the most helpful thing I can do. But I I just want to remind you guys that like leaders go through this. I mean, you probably know that, but it's just, I need to say it. Like people go, anybody can go through depression. Yeah, I just want to say I'm so proud of you for being vulnerable. Mm. I think that's what people respect and love about you most Mm. is that you're vulnerable. And I think what's been cool is I think I have noticed from a leadership point of view, um, 
Christian leaders from the pulpit and ministry leaders being a little bit more transparent about this. Yeah. It's a little bit less of a pretending that everything is perfect and a prayer fixes everything on the spot, but there's a little bit more willingness to say things are not okay, but I'm still okay in that. Yeah. And I'm working through it. Like Deb Faleda last year was on the podcast and we talked about dating with depression a bit and she has a great book. Like, I'm not really okay. I think it's what it's called. And, and it's okay to not be okay. Like when we are in church and uh-huh. we, someone asks you like, how are you? You know, like the typical, like knee jerk reaction responses. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, that is like conversation fail one-on-one, but it's we, what we all do. Not really being honest, just generically saying, I'm good. How are you? Like, mm-hmm. there's no texture honesty to that. Like, yeah. And, but some of the people I respect the most can say, I'm not okay. Things are really hard. Christ is sufficient mm-hmm. and his grace is sufficient for me. Even if I don't feel that. Yeah. You know, even that honey kind of bothers me yeah. because we, we have to cloak it with the Christian goodness. Like we have to, we feel this sense of like, I have to tie it with a perfect Christian bow of like, but God is good. And I know he's sufficient for me when actually in the moment, most people don't feel that they're wrestling through it. Mm-hmm. Like some of them can be like, I know it, but I don't feel that. And so I'm wrestling. Yeah. And I think that's know? what faith is. Yeah. Faith is I don't feel it in the least bit right now. In fact, it's the hardest it's ever been. And I'm sorting through it. Yeah. And period. But I mean, well, I like to supplement that I have faith that God is good, even though I don't feel I it. I know. See, I love you for that. And I've called that out for years. And I love that about you. But I also feel like we don't have to have the positivity cloak every sentence. Like we can also just allow space for being like, I'm wrestling through some things and it's a hard time, period. <laughs> okay. Well, JJ and I don't see eye to eye on that. Which is great because I would love to, <laughs> I hope that speaks to people in the audience that we can both have that statement of belief and that's where we are. And I'm not going to hold that against Kate. We're not going to end this podcast. going to be like, okay, we need to talk. <laughs> it's just being okay with where it is. But I think what was really cool is in the depression cycle, one thing that we really had to learn is being okay with it, not being okay. Yeah. And what's really hard about that was you can't really identify it until you're maybe like in the middle of it or it's been around for a bit. I think it took us a a good chunk of time to identify, oh, Mm -hmm. it's actually maybe depression, but maybe you could speak a little bit more about. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, well, before we get in, will you pray for everyone? Yeah. Jesus, thank you so much that you are always with us. You have always been since the very beginning and everything that has happened, you have willed. And so Lord, we just submit to you. Uh, We submit this podcast to you. Let it glorify you. Thank you that you are faithful even when we are not and that your spirit accompanies us in the quiet and in the loud. So Holy Spirit, we just ask, would you speak through us? Would you give us the wisdom and humility to speak out over this challenging and hard topic and let it encourage and love others? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Katie. So we want to start by talking about what is depression? Um, and this was something I had to look into last year because I'm not going to lie. My view of depression in the past, because 
up until last year, I would never have identified that I had gone through depression. Now I may have, but I never identified it previously up until last year. And that's just my journey. I've definitely identified with anxiety before and I struggle with that chronically, but depression, I would have never said until last year that was that I had gone through it. And I may have, but in my mind, depression, I used to think that depression was just like chronic depression, meaning like I'm curled up in my bed, not able to move. And like, that's it. Like, I'm just like succumb to my life in my bed. I don't want to see people. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't move. And I actually have been around people that have had chronic depression like that. Uh, but it's not, always that 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 can be really chronic and severe depression but there actually can be other layers of depression which was really fascinating for me to start to realize um and often depression can come when life is seemingly really good but there's a lot of pressure or a lot of stress stress and we might be doing too much and not setting good boundaries hello a lot of my life <laughs> and this the the extra stress can actually create different hormonal imbalances or different imbalances, chemical imbalances in your body. And this can also lead to depression, like periods of stress, stress, stress with lots of cortisol, like your body trying to like release things to get you more energized can actually lead to depression. It can actually hijack your good feelings. So the actual definition of depression, if you think about it, is to push something down. When you're depressing something, you're pushing something down. So when you are depressed, it's like it's pushing the good feelings down. You feel more down. You feel like like you're, everything about you feels more depressed, you know, like if you're thinking of the definition of pushing down. So this was really interesting to me. If you have three of the following symptoms for two weeks or more, you could be depressed. So here are the symptoms. A depressed mood, apathy, not excited about things, irritability or agitation, Decreased interest in pleasure or pleasurable things, changes in weight, sleep disturbance, sleeping too much, fatigue, feelings of hopelessness. So if you have three of those following things for two weeks or more, you could actually be in a state of depression. Mm -hmm. And it could be like a load grade state of depression. Since last year, I'll be honest, like I have found myself going in and out of that a lot, um, especially when I've been really, really, really busy. And even right now, it's hard. Like we're balancing so much between working full-time jobs, both of us, and then we work on Heart of Dating stuff after work hours or on the weekend. And then we work on wedding stuff. And it's like, we were just talking about this. Like we literally have not had break time like, or like us time in a while because, and that's just the season right now that we're in. We know it's going to end. <laughs> There's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's hard. It's been hard. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of overload. I have a question for you though. Yeah. Would you say it's accurate to describe depression as a chemical imbalance in your body versus a spiritual state? Like it's more of a, I would say the chemical imbalance leads you to the state. Yeah, but yeah. it but it's actually like a physiological chemical yeah, it imbalance in your body. Yeah, that's why you feel so out, like of sorts. Like you don't feel like yourself. Uh huh. Like when you know your normal self, or when you're feeling good, and then you feel more depressed, you're like, "This is different." Like I don't want to do the things I usually want to 
wanted to do, especially for somebody like me that's more joyous, excited, like people person, wants to be around people. When I when those things started shutting down, like I was not as joyous. I was not as positive. I was way more irritable. I did not want to see people and I'm extroverted. That was like, something's going on. Well, I think that was, that was a big learning for me. Mm. And we can talk about this a little bit later, but in understanding depression, Mm -hmm. but one of the first things that I learned about it was it really is and starts as a chemical imbalance. Like Mm -hmm. it is a physiological issue in your body yeah. as well as spiritual yeah. and mental but it starts as like it's the chemical chemical concoction in your brain yeah like it's not it's not in order yeah exactly and why like i'm for i did not take medicine for my depression last year but i am about it for certain people yeah. i really am i'm super about medicine and getting the right help that you need, whether it be for anxiety or depression. Like, absolutely. I have so many dear friends who've gotten depression medication and it's like, it has been a game changer. So if that is you, I I just want to release any stigma that just God can save you and you don't need any medical, any attention at all. Like I just, I get really frustrated when people just Christians specifically really put down the use of any sort of medical treatment to mm. help them along in the journey. Now, how did you know you were depressed, yeah. especially like when were you aware that, oh, this could be depression? Well, last year in 2021, a lot was going on. The year started out with me preparing for my second ever conference for Heart of Dating, the single app conference, and preparing for my first book to launch. Two very big things. I was doing a million things and it was a lot to launch all at once. And I was doing like tons, I mean, upwards of 15 to 20 interviews a week for the book. So we're just constantly on, constantly on preparing for the conference, talking to all the guests, preparing, like doing my books, the, the book study for the people who we were launching the book together. Like it was a lot. I mean, I was doing so much for those like two months up until like March and even in the beginning of March. And then I started feeling myself after that crash. So it started with going into burnout. I started getting really burnt out, like just like foggy. My body felt not the same, not as energized. I wasn't in the adrenaline high of like, let's get everything done. This feels so good. My book is launching. Like I was in an adrenaline high, like constantly on overdrive for multiple months. And then it all crashed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so uh, that crash started really hitting me in April. And then in May is when I really started recognizing something is off Mm -hmm. where I actually know it was... where I knew and started to see that it was off was when I went to my dear, dear friend's bachelorette party weekend. And normally things like that, I'm like so pumped about, let's hang out with the girls, have fun, celebrating my bestie. I found myself not excited internally about the trip. And then there, when I was there, I found myself like annoyed and annoyed that I was there, annoyed that I had to be around people. I found myself wanting to be to myself. It was so sad because I was like, this is one of my best friends. And like, I am finding myself not even wanting to be here, which is so counterintuitive to how I am. I like could not wait to leave that weekend. I just remember it so clearly. I was like, this is really weird. Like, I just can't wait to leave. <laughs> and that was a big indicator for me. Something is going on here. And then JJ moved to LA and the other indicators for me were 
I started becoming really irritable, like so irritable about super small things all the time, like excessively irritable. And I was like, everything is bothering me. And it's like overwhelmingly bothering me. I'm so agitated. And so I found myself not liking the same things that I wanted, that I used to like, not finding as much joy in things, apathy, right? Not excited. I, um, decrease interest in pleasures that I liked and then a lot of irritability and agitation. Yeah. To let you guys in, it might be a funny story. There was a point where we were dating and the irritability, um, it was in June. Yeah, it was, it was pretty tough to the point where, you know, this is funny. It's really, you know, ironic. I would be coming over and be like, Hey, I'm going to be there at six 30. And I get there at 626 and Kate knows 630 is coming. And without telling each other, um, we learned this after the fact, I would literally sit in my prey and be like, sit in my prey. I would sit in my car before I walked in and be like, Jesus, like, I need you. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I need you. I need to be walking in grace. I need to be clothed in love. I need to be, I, I need your patience. I need your love. I need your empathy. I cannot walk in there and survive if I do not have you. And Little did I know, Kate was sitting inside <laughs> praying the exact same thing <laughs> right before I walked in. I was like, please help me to not be so irritable. Please help me be more patient. Please help me to see the best instead of looking at the worst. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And uh, <laughs> we we would walk in and still fail. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was still so hard. really hard. We would make it sometimes five minutes, sometimes a couple hours. It just depended on the situation before it was, you know, there was some kind of conflict or snap or anything. So I just what? wanted to use that to segue. How I think we should talk about this actually. How did we bring it up? How did we bring up the depression? Yeah. How did we talk through it? Let's talk about that. Yeah. It's so good. I think it took a while for us to like finally identify. I think you had a gut feeling and a core feeling that you're feeling burnt out, that you were irritable. And then it it took about a month, Mm -hmm. I'd say, of the hard stuff to finally stop and pause and for you to say, I think I am depressed. Yeah. Yeah. It did. And I I actually reading Deb's book really helped. Are you really okay? And like researching and like really processing, um, really recommend that book, by the way. I love Deb shout out. Uh, you know, and so I ended up, I don't remember the exact moment I shared it with you. I think it was like through period of time. Like I, I really, I actually think, do you remember? Yeah. I, I I can't remember uh, the moment, but I do remember it was presented with like some uncertainty it was like, hey, I think I am depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I there's a lot of symptoms and there's a lot of indicators. And sometimes Kate does have a small flair, a little taste for the dramatic. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Just, just sometimes. What did you say? 
Very, you want to see dramatic? Yeah, no, no, no. Just, you know, it's very rare. I just have a lot of emotions and feelings. And she's very in tune with them. <laughs> very, very in tune with her emotions. That's why I'm a great expressive leader, babe. Yeah, I'm very over... I told Kate early on, you're very gifted in over-communicating your feelings. <laughs> Which comes from my core wounding yeah. of being misunderstood. So, but she sat, I'm pretty sure it was in the kitchen, and she was just like very hesitant but just i think i have depression like mm -hmm. it was a, just a kind of a matter of fact like signs point to this and i it does match up and and that was very very hard for both of us to kind of mm -hmm. swallow um but i think what came up for me was that the original question um was i didn't know what to do like yeah. specifically i knew that i had to love her as best as I could, I knew that it wasn't about me and I knew I had to dig for new levels of empathy to be there for you. And that was my mission. Like I was on mission to support you. Yeah. And we were about four and a half, five months into dating, something like that yeah. at this point, just to give you guys like a timeline roughly of mm -hmm. when this came up. And so, you know, and we had to talk about uh, like if we were going to continue to date or not. And that did come up. Actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like we had a question cause like I wanted, I made these points to also go over, how do you know if you're fine enough to date with depression? And I'm going to read some of the notes that I shared or that I want to share because I think it's important. A lot of people, cause you may have depression, some levels of depression now and you're like, right, am I in an okay place to date? Or it may come up in your relationship like it did for me. So here's some things of how to recognize you are maybe fine enough to date, but don't just take it from me. Go to your mentors, your therapist, people around you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we'll tell you how JJ and I like chatted through that too. But first of all, you do need to be able to recognize you're in depression and you need to also recognize that you need help. Um, ideally go to therapy. Um, and within that, like support of all kinds, like therapy and maybe a few close people. You need some safe people to be able to work through what you're going through. And if you are going to date, like you really don't want to use that as looking to that person to be the person that's going to help you solely through this process. That is an unhealthy way of dealing with any sort of mental health issue, I think. Um, so ask yourself, do you, do you really, can you admit that you are depressed do you have safe places in your life to move through the depression outside of dating? Like what are those safe spaces? Are you moving through the depression on your own, regardless of the other person helping you? And are you being intentional with the process? Because part of this is you have to somehow find your, to like find a, a level of strength to take your power back to start the process on your own. Because I, and I get it, like being depressed can really make you not want to do anything in ways. Like you're like, I don't even want to start the process. Like I feel like it's not going to go anywhere. And those thoughts are really real, but you know, that's why it's really important to have a support system, people encouraging you, you can do this, like, but you ultimately have to be the one to make the decision. Mm. Um, and you have to keep committing to that. Like, okay, I need to try to try to do what I can, even if it's just small steps each day. So those are some litmus things to check in with yourself on to know if you're in a good place to date while you're maybe dealing through some depression. But you and I had a conversation because multiple, a few, because it was hard. You want to tell them about the Taco Bell? 
<laughs> Dude, this is one of the funniest stories in Kate and I's dating life. Oh my gosh. Do you want to tell them? Yeah, we can tell them. <laughs> so, oh. and this for me stemmed in uh, high school football and athletics after, especially away games. If we lost, right, especially in the U.S., losing is not okay. <laughs> and I didn't have the best relationship with failure and losing. So if we'd lost, especially on away games on the way back, I loved hitting up like McDonald's or Taco Bell and just, you know, pigging out a little bit and Ugh. just like, you, you know, what is it? Cope, what's the food? Any f- terms? Like it's my, it was my coping mechanism yeah. with pain, uh-huh. like a little comfort food. And um, especially Taco Bell, man, I love it. I still do. <laughs> And the way you know that is because uh, Kate, in those first few months, she had a Taco Bell about half a mile away from her house (laughs) on the way to my house. And so for about a month and a half, probably like three or four times a week, (laughs) we would have a rough night. (laughs) And on my way home, I'd just be driving and that Taco Bell would just call out to me and be like... (laughs) come here i'll take care of you <laughs> and i'd pull in that drive through and i'd get my two or three things and i'd go home and i'd, I'd warm it up just a little bit more and i'd just eat my taco bell and be like that was a really hard night but you did good like, you did good you did your best and i didn't tell kate and um, no you didn't i told her like a month and a half two months later yeah because i there was some point in time where i was like oh i really hate taco bell i hate fast food i hope you know every time we pass them i'm like oh taco bell and i was like ew (laughs) please tell me you don't actually eat that it was something like that i was like please tell me you like don't actually eat taco bell and Mm. you were like uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know why i ever fessed up i should have taken that to the grave <laughs> but anyway i looked at kate and i was like i have something to confess <laughs> i was like it's like one Whoa. of my first big confessions too <laughs> and she's like what like <laughs> something you've been drinking every night you know i'm like no worse <laughs> i've been going to taco bell after every big fight oh Oh my god! I was like an emotional crutch. That's how like, bad things are. I was like, "What?" And this is when we were getting better. Yeah. It was in a better. But place. she was more upset that I went to Taco Bell than I was like dealing with emotional pain from like the. Well, t- I was two also months. made me no. I was sad. I was really sad to hear that, and I was also like, "Why Taco Bell?" And she was like, "What?" <laughs> that was so funny, and I still like Taco Bell. You'll never take that away from me, but I don't go as frequently, sadly. I kind of wish I did, but anyway, so that is um, that is a good segue for what to do <laughs> if your partner is struggling with depression. Mm. And another good question is, how do you know that you should still date them if they are clearly going through depression? Because that is a big question, and Kate and I really wrestled with that question. Yeah, so... I can speak to the other side and I would say this, first of all, listen to your counsel and then listen to Holy Spirit and you have to get that affirmation and green light from them because if you try to do it with either of those resources, you will fail. Mm -hmm. And for me, from my experience at that five month mark, I really saw a lot in Kate that she would be my future wife. And I felt when 
people, and we'll talk about this. How do you know? Yeah. For me, one of the telltale signs was when things were absolutely not okay and they were painful and they were hard and I was stuffing Taco Bell. (laughs) I still had peace. Yeah. I still had peace. And that's when I knew when things made the least sense on paper and things were so hard and I still had peace. That's when I knew I had a confirmation of the Holy Spirit that this is the one I could pursue and choose towards marriage. Yeah. And that's how I knew. And from there, but even then, there's still, I would say, if you find yourself in that position and you are willing to commit to supporting them, you are supporting them. You are not saving them. Yes. You have to depart from the responsibility of saving them. So important. And that's important if you know yourself, if you know your some of your codependent tendencies, if you typically like to play the hero role, you have to be very aware because this is very different, but I'm going to bring up an addict situation. People get you know, often addicts end up with a codependent person and that person feels like it's their duty and job to change that person and get them into health. And they put their entire identity into getting them into health and getting them into change. And then it might happen for short periods of time. And then when they go back to the bottle, that person, the other person like feels so both angry, but also their identity feels crushed because they put all of their identity into helping save that person. So if your, your identity cannot be enmeshed in their ability to move through their depression on their own or in your ability to support them to get them to change like they're going to be the only person that will that can decide that so you have to be really aware of just your own tendencies and if you often like to play the hero this is going to be it's tough for you you have it's not impossible but you really have to pay attention to that yeah it's a savior complex yeah. uh, territory mm-hmm. and it's just not good for either of you And that's not your job. That's not your job. I have 10 tips. Mm -hmm. What to do if your partner is depressed and you are choosing to support them. Yeah. So number one is remember that they are a person. Like they are not defined by depression. Yeah. And what's also helpful there is as a sub bullet is they're, they are a person and they didn't choose this. It is just a chemical imbalance. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody actively really chooses depression, especially in the onset. Yeah. No. You know, and that's super important because I would get frustrated at first. Like, why are you so, you know, irritable, you know? So, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but that really helped clarify it. They didn't, nobody chooses depression. Why would you want to choose that? Yeah. Number two, educate yourself. <laughs> YouTube was my best friend. It really was. Yeah. YouTube was my best friend. Like, don't just find one therapist. Find just, I love the um, illustrative videos where it's a voiceover and they're just speaking yeah, and they kind of scribble out thoughts or they'll scribble out like the dark cloud that kind of follows the person. Yeah. You know, it's just really helpful pictures of depression. Yeah. Um, number three, we talked about this one, depart from the responsibility of saving them. So important. Choose to support them. Yep. And then support them as they want to be supported. Yeah. This is a good quote. It took me a second. Sometimes these things go over my head, but water seeks its own level. So if you have like a cup of water 
there's not two levels of water. Like water settles on the same level. And so support them how they want to be supported. Water seeks its own level. So they have to feel happy on their level. Like your level of happiness is not going to bring them up on that level of water. Like it's going to go down. Ah, that's good. You know, so you got to meet them on that level versus this interchanging. That's really important. I I haven't spoken to this yet, but I previously to you, babe, the irony is that I recently in previous years dated somebody where this was completely flipped, Mm -hmm. where the guy I was seeing, he was going through depression and it didn't start that way. It's, it's, it started while we were dating and it was a really big challenge for me as the joyous, excited, blah, 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 to not like, I would feel I would often put on him like, why are you, why can't you get as excited as me? Like, this is so awesome. This is so great. This is so fun. Like, why are you just meh, monotone, blah. And I would kind of make him feel bad about it. And <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> and I'm just bringing that up. Yeah. It was yeah. not a good example yeah. because I was not, I couldn't, I was, it was codependent. I had to like have him feel the same thing I was feeling Mm -hmm. or else I wouldn't be happy. My happiness was dictated on his mood. So I needed to really be like, okay, I can be happy. I'm really enjoying this. And that just because he's not showing me the same level of excitement doesn't mean that he's not enjoying it. Okay. And I can still enjoy it even if he's in the mood that he is in. Yeah. So let them be happy on their own level. Yeah. And then let them want to change it, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're up there and that's a good tip. Well, I think that's one of my last ones. Number four, thoughtful, no strings attached gestures. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching a, a YouTube video on this one and it was super cool because she was talking about coming out of depression and what was most helpful looking backwards. And she said her sister would come over and just bring her her favorite candy and just sit there and maybe watch a movie. And it was super small and simple. And it just meant the world to her that she was just being thought of. And she didn't have to give any crazy reaction or super over the moon. It It was just a thoughtful gesture. Yeah. Gesture. Gesture. Oh, my God. (laughs) You like saying gesture. I know. It's gesture, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like gif or jif. I know. What is it? it? Well, technically, it's gif. I like saying Jeff. Yeah, I do too, but... So you can say Gesture if you want. <laughs> gesture. Well, do some people say that? No. Okay. It's gesture. Well, there's your uh, phonics uh, lesson of the day. It's <laughs> Gesture, not Gesture. And you... If you just learned that today, then you and I have a long way to go. Um, <laughs> the next one is be a great listener and just a listener. And pro tip, if you don't just listen and you try and give solutions or you try and go back and yeah, but if you try, you're just going to make it harder and worse. You're just going to put out more roadblocks. Yeah. It's just easier to be a good listener on you too, Uh Uh, but it's better for them. Mm -hmm. Just be a great listener. Uh, Be stable and consistent. Mm -hmm. That's one of the best things you can do is just stable, consistent. Uh, This is to your point. Stay positive regardless of how they or or sometimes you feel, you know, I don't want you to like pretend, but you have to find a way to stay positive. Like it's not about you in this moment. Sometimes staying That's positive a, that is should be another super one. impactful It's not necessarily them. about you. I think we like to personalize it a lot. What? That should be like another tip. It's not like don't take their mood as it's about you. Oh yeah. I I thought you meant like the whole process, like supporting them is not about you, but it's like, it's not about you, like their mood towards you, their 
strive towards you. There are sharp comments towards you. It's not about you. It's, it's not a personal attack on you. And that's super important. You kind of have to have a little bit of a shield up or just a kind of like a screen, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to screen that. Uh, Number eight, be a great friend, not always a romantic partner. Mm -hmm. That was super important. I mean, the Roman, like you have a really big romantic desire. So it was important to support you romantically through a sweet note. But sometimes they just need a great friend, not just a romantic partner. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is my favorite one. Uh, Lead the relationship by example by Mm -hmm. gratitude, by joy, by balance, proactive habits. Like if they're stuck in that rut, it's really helpful for them to have uh, an example of somebody who wakes up early and goes work out, somebody Mm -hmm. who goes through a a gratitude journal, somebody who has accountability, somebody who has Mm -hmm. counsel, somebody who goes and does uh, activity for their inner child or their inner teen. Like you can lead by example and inspire them uh, to maybe follow along yeah but don't guilt obviously don't guilt trip them or anything into that right just do your thing like you can still live your life Mm -hmm. um and those are my 10 tips i love it honey very 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 good were they good they were very good i love them were there any that really stuck out for your experience that you during our time Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you were very consistent you were very patient with me um and you didn't enmesh yourself in the experience, which is really good and helpful. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you did lead by example. Sometimes it was frustrating, I'll be honest, because I could just sense that JJ was like joyful and like happy and positive. And I was like, why can you be that way? And why can I not be that way? Mm-hmm. And it, there were moments that was like so frustrating to me because I'm like, I want to be that way. I want to be in the same mood you are. And I'm like not being able to get there right now. It was really hard because I also know myself and I know that typically I can. Yeah. And so that was really hard. It's a great point. I would say, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to laugh. Um, some of the best things I did do though, we're going to go into like, what did you, what did we do as well? Like, what did I do individually? What did you do individually? Um, but like, I was able to go to Disney when it reopened with my bestie and that was like really wonderful. I actually had a really great day of joy and then you and I went <laughs> and oh it my was, gosh. it was mostly joyful until later in the day. Dude, our first like 10 Disney dates. I'd say like seven of them were terrible. They weren't not that many, maybe like four. Like our first date, like our first like six or seven, like five or six, the majority of our first Disney dates together were terrible. Oh my gosh. Like we were fighting. Uh, We just like did not gel. I wasn't happy to be there either. I just really did not like Disney. (laughs) And I had a hard time getting over that hump. And now we go for way less time. Yeah. And you like it way better. Well, now, now it's it's very easy, but it, we did not gel at Disney uh, initially. <laughs> yeah, we can tell them that story another time. It's yeah. so funny. So we did process whether or not we should be dating. I also did. I had like freak out moments of like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Because I also felt a lot of shame. Like the problem with the hard part about this is like you, when you're, 
when you're depressed and not in a relationship, maybe you feel shame about not showing up for people well, like your friends. But when you're in a relationship, and at least for me, when you're, you feel like, especially you're not showing up well for your partner, it is really hard. Like for me, I struggled a lot with shame and feeling like I am not treating this person well. I'm not showing up that well. I'm not able to be joyous. Like I feel like I'm really letting him down. And that was also a really rough battle I had to face um, on the side and just really like, should I just, is this too hard for our relationship? Should I be working through this on my own? Because it's not fair to keep bringing him into and bring him down with my irritability, with my like depressed attitude and like bummed out attitude all the Mm. time. And, but ultimately we decided to move forward. And I want to share next, like some things that really helped through the thick of it, um, for both of us, uh, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest thing here is to find outlets outside of each other. <laughs> um, that's really, really important, <laughs> really important. And, you know, you mentioned gratitude. I didn't even put this on my notes, but I remember during that month I got my five minute journal, mm. which I love the five minute journal. You guys, it's so easy. It's great. I was just like, let me just start, start if I can practicing very simple levels of gratitude. I have breath in my lungs. It's sunny today. Like really basic things, Uh non-descriptive. And it just helps you getting into that habit. And it's very easy to do. Not a big commitment, five minutes or less, right? Every day. And I love that um, picture. If you think about that, like chemical imbalance and just being stuck in a rut, like you got to have a small habit change. And the deep rut of it, you just got to start making these little changes Mm -hmm. and they're not going to change the whole thing over time, but you're just building little by little out of it, out of that rut. And that, that by far and away, gratitude is like the antidote. Yeah. Another thing that was so important in was I recognized I need structure. So, and I needed more spiritual connection. And so I reached out to one of my best friends, Kristen, and I said, could we start doing daily prayer together? Mm. And so we did, we would like set our alarm every morning at 8am and we would do daily prayer every day. And it was honestly so helpful. It was so helpful. She was going into getting married. I was going through my season and just having that every day at 8am was awesome and also got me out of myself because I also prayed over her, which I think is really helpful in this time mm. if to like also just kind of get out of yourself a little bit. Yeah, that's a great and point. Focusing on her and what she's going through and praying for her, like it brought me so much like excitement. And I was like, oh, I'm actually looking forward to this. And I'm looking forward to not just loathing all these things about myself and what I'm going through, but like thinking about somebody else and praying for them was actually really helpful for me. At both sides, I needed, and my half is I needed external outlets to, mm-hmm. I mean, like vent, to process, to talk through, walk through, support me. And so the common theme there is like introduce community, yeah. not the whole world, obviously, <laughs> but introduce close friends, yeah. you know, socialize it on both sides because you're not supposed to walk through it on your own. Like, whether you're single or in a relationship or married, like you're not supposed to just be in a silo yeah. as a single or just a couple. That's where or you get marriage. like feel awful when it's just you guys yeah. all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, and you're not, we're not designed. And no. 
I don't know really how you could do it on your own, mm. but we both introduced close community and that was super, super effective. Yeah. And there's just no way we could have made it without. And so for both sides, mm-hmm. whether you're the depressed or supporting, um, but, and then your last bullet point was, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What is God saying? to us about working through this within the relationship, which we touched on. And that's, but then the other thing is that you need to be patient because it could take a lot of time. You just, you can't put a time limit limit on these things. I was really lucky and grateful that about the depression, the, the major parts of it really lasted for a core of like two months. And then I started feeling a bit better. Um, and it was, I still went in waves. I, I would even say today I'm still going through waves, honestly, but it was like, it was about two months. And honestly, those things I just said really helped me establishing some more basic structure, the gratitude, the daily prayer, the getting outside of just being around JJ and processing with other people. Um, it really helped me and doing some things that I enjoyed, like trying to force myself to do some things like I, that I enjoyed yeah. just on my own even was also really, really helpful. And within like roughly two months, also getting healthier. Like I, I started eating healthier, sleeping more, mm-hmm. not sleeping excessively, but just like not limiting myself. I used to, I, even during the beginning start, I, I limited myself all the time because I'm a productive person. And so I was like, I need to have only seven to seven and a half hours, no more than that. So I allowed myself to sleep a little more for some people in depression. You may, this could get too excessive, but for me, my body actually needed some more. So I allowed myself to get a little over eight hours and it was like, yeah. okay, I needed that. Eight to nine is kind of that magic number. Yeah. But in short, I would say the easiest thing is, well, not the easiest, the most simple way to put it is drop the timeline. Mm-hmm. You have to drop the timeline because it's just, there's not a ideal timeline. And two is focus on the inputs, mm-hmm. not the outputs. So focus on the input of tweaking your morning routine, incorporating more exercise, more gratefulness, more spiritual community, focus on the inputs of, you know, a little bit more sleep, a better diet, uh, getting out of the house. Like don't, don't, it's kind of like going to the gym. Like the healthiest way to view the gym is don't look for your six pack after your third workout, (laughs) you know, at Orange Theory, it's not going to happen. And you're just going to be sad. Just, just stay faithful to the inputs, stay faithful to just frequency of workouts, uh, improving your diet and the results will come the light will come. And, um, that's probably the best advice we could give. And it was hard and there's no one way to do this. I really hope this, this time together encouraged you because it was rough for us. I'm like literally also went through so much imposter syndrome, dude. I was like, Oh my gosh, here I am like teaching people, preaching to people. And here I am like, irritable. You're going to Taco Bell three to four times a week. And we're like going through all this stuff behind the scenes that no one publicly knew. And yet I'm still, you know, a dating coach and helping people. I was rough. I was like, do am I qualified? And I was like, I'm just going through a season. I had to allow myself to be like, you're going through a season, a really hard season. This isn't forever, Kate. Yeah. And just even allowing myself permission to be like, okay, it's okay to not be okay in this season. 
it's okay to, to admit that for myself and, and work through it. Mm. And it doesn't, and my therapist had to be like, who's, are your people going to connect to you guys having this perfect dating journey? Cause I also struggle. I'm like, well, my story isn't perfect. I didn't do it the perfect way. Like, like if I'm a dating coach, my whole story of dating the man I'm going to marry should be perfect. Right. And she was like, who needs another perfect story of how to date? Like, is that what people really need? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, they also don't exist. <laughs> well, <laughs> some people make it seem like they do, but she, she just like, was like, what is that what people really need? Is that what people expect from you? Even Kate? I was yeah. like, Oh no, I guess not. <laughs> well, I'm, I've, the more I've gotten to know you, the more I've been inspired by your vulnerability mm. to admit things, to go there mm. and, and then after the fact, share it with other people. Mm. It's so awesome. And it, and it is very brave of you. You're, mm. you're one of the bravest people I know. Mm. And I want to challenge you guys on that same note of bravery. If you have suffered depression in dating or with a partner or even in singleness, what was most helpful for you mm. in retrospect? Yeah. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or Instagram, I would love for you guys to share that and be brave because um, I would love that to be shared with maybe someone who's going through it yeah. or a partner who's trying to support their partner going through it. And I think we can all rally to make sure we talk about this and then we just arm one another oh, I did this and it was the best thing ever. Oh, I yeah. did this and it was so helpful. I would have, and that's how I've really like lived my dating life and supporting you is just like listening to others. And that's where I've gotten my most effective dating advice, tips, supporting advice. And then the last one is just seek peace with the Holy Spirit on both sides because mm. he will be your guide and he will be your energy source and if you try and use any other source, like you're just going to fail. That's so true. You're just going to fail. Yeah. And, and that's good because it points you back to God. Yeah. Um, and that is just as simple as it gets. <laughs> um, yeah. So we love you guys. Uh, I'm really proud of you for being so vulnerable today. And proud of you for dealing with me during that time. <laughs> well, God is good. <laughs> and I would love to hear from you guys. Yeah, I, same. Like, I'm super excited to read comments and feedback to see how this might have impacted you. And more importantly, like what has helped you guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks, baby. Yeah, we love you guys. Love you guys. Bye-bye. We'll see you soon. Bye. The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge podcast network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. Special shout out to Anjali Maga and Gabriella Asperu who make this show possible each week and help to keep me sane. If this is your first time listening to the podcast or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.